I'm Yia Vang. And I'm Gia Vang. And, and you you're listening, listening to Monglish. Monglish is a podcast that explores the intersection of Hmong and American culture. We lived our entire lives processing what it means to be Hmong American. And with this show, we hope to dive even deeper. We want to create a space for us to explore our dual heritage while also educating the populace on Hmong culture with the help of guests and other members of our community. It's good to have you with us here today. Yeah, and I am super excited about today's episode. Yeah, I am too, because today we're talking, guess what? All about food. Hmong food, to be exact. The traditional side of our food culture and the more contemporary side. And to help us get this conversation started, we brought in Mi Vang from the Me Living YouTube channel. Mi is the mother of one of my dear friends, and when I discovered her and then her YouTube channel. I knew we had to get her in as a guest. So thank you, me, for being with us here today. Thank you for having me on your show. I am super excited also. Yeah, you know, right before uh, we, you know, started recording, I, you know, you got here a little early and we were just talking. I, I felt like I was talking to my mom. Oh. Like that, like to me, it was like, I just felt like I was talking to my mom. You came in, uh, you, you know, I was trying to clean up a little bit. Like, I felt like, you know, the through where it's like, you know, it was like dirty. I'm like, oh man, oh man, I gotta try to clean up. And I, I, oh man, it was so good. I, I, yeah. I felt like I was just yeah. talking to my mom. Me, you have that um, presence about you, I think, too. I feel very, um, like, very much like your child. I've only met you in person once, yeah. um, but this is so cool to have you here because uh, when I met you, I mean, everyone always talks about your food and your tr- very traditional Hmong dishes. Um, let's start with a little bit about who me is for people who don't know and our listeners who maybe have never seen the Me Living YouTube channel. You should. But me, who are you? I mean, you're a refugee. Tell us a little bit about your life. Yes, I am one child of eight children from my family, and I've been living in the Minnesota metro area for the last 43 years. I am a mother of three young adult sons, and I love cooking. I think I got the cooking gene from my mother. My mother was a super, super great cook in our family. And so that's why I am so passionate about cooking. Yeah, and you also are passionate about helping the community, your social worker by uh, day. Yes. I am also um, professionally, I am a social worker for many years, working with troubled youth mm-hmm. and families. And then in the last several years, as I got older, then I changed it to um, working in the hospital session. Mm-hmm. So right now I am a hospice, a social worker working with end of life patients. Um, however, I have a, a family situation that I am currently taking medical leave to be home to care for my father-in-law at our home. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, you may ask, why am I doing YouTube, uh, cooking on YouTube? (laughs) That started way back in 2009. So 2009, I discovered um, the Hmong Telephone Conference. We call it Satong Tio on Air. Oh, yeah. I I know that. (laughs) I know that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So back then, um, all three of my children were very young, and I was in my early 40s, and I knew I needed to get back to my community. Mm. But because my children have always been my priority, I didn't have time to go outside of home to volunteer. So I discovered the Hmong Telephone Conference, and then I volunteer on Telephone Conference. Mm. Uh, I am very passionate, and I was talking, teaching, cooking on air uh, nationwide to Hmong women nationwide, worldwide. We even had people from like Australia friends Mm -hmm. listening. And then in addition to the cooking, I also talk about self-improvement ideas, Mm -hmm. um, ideas how to raise good children, successful children. So those are the topics that I was talking on air for over a decade. And then um, three years ago, my friends kept telling me that you have to do a YouTube channel to (laughs) keep your recipe for the future generation. Mm. And then I say, yeah, 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 but I never never Mm -hmm. sit down to do it until Mm -hmm. one time I had dinner with a friend of mine and she said, you if if you are so passionate about that you should do a youtube mm-hmm. cooking and so finally three years ago i did and so i uh, i did this me living channel cooking my goal is to keep my uh cooking skills my recipes to the future Hmong american generation mm-hmm. so yeah. that's my goal and that's why at the beginning i on my videos i talk about both uh, languages, Hmong and English, but then that has become very difficult doing uh, recording or taping. And then this year, 2022, I've decided that my goal is to keep my recipes for future Hmong generations Mm -hmm. and anyone out there, the mainstream communities. So this year, 2022, Mm -hmm. I have been just talking in English Mm -hmm. in my um, cooking videos. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a lot to take on content creating because, I mean, I do that as part of my job, but to do it full time and have videos come out, you know, every couple of whatever you schedule it as, I feel like it's it's a lot of work. And how do you even find time for that? Or is it just that you're so passionate about it that it doesn't feel like work to you? Yes. It is a lot of work because I do my own taping. I mm-hmm. de- edited the videos and then I upload everything a lot of, but it's just my passion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with each video that I do, I always keep my children in my mind mm-hmm. because I wanted they may ask someday, how did mom make this? How did mom make yeah. that? How did mm-hmm. mom cook that? And so that's why some of my videos you would find to be very descriptive, longer than other people's video mm-hmm. because yeah. I kept my children in my mind with each video mm-hmm. that I do. Yeah, I think that's really great yeah. because I think one of the things here in America, we just have so much more technology yeah. than you know, yeah. in Laos and Thailand. And, and it's, I think that one of the most beautiful things that's ever happened to our people is the ability to record ourselves. So like <laughs> even even the idea of when we were growing up, uh, you know, my mom had a little tape player where we hit record and we would um, she would tell us these Bible stories and then we would repeat them back and record them. And it was it or my mom and dad, you know, we, we all have experienced this. My mom and dad would record themselves talking or telling, uh, giving family updates. And then they'll take that tape and they'll send it to Laos to my uncle, oh, you know, like, yes. but the ability to do that is so incredible because that is so new for our people. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. the, the ability to archive all the food you're doing and what I love what you said there is that you are basically leaving this for your boys. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. I. You know, one 
I think that that's one of the greatest things. It, it is is it is an act of motherly love. Yes. <laughs> and it's more like you're leaving it for your boys, and then the world gets to listen in on they it. They get but to share. Yeah. Also, yes. because we all feel like her children now, yeah, and so we're like, so, and we're your children. So it's like you're leaving it for us too. I get it, you know. But I think that that's incredible because my yes. friend Kate, who makes aprons, she yes. she's like well known. She makes these incredible aprons, yes. and she takes like the mon pandona and yes. put it on for us. Yes. And, and she she she's uh, she's a you know she's a white lady, and yeah. but she's so good at making these beautiful aprons and yeah. she, she like she made me one of her ambassadors for these aprons so she, she actually has an apron that's cut into the shape of my body oh, so, wow. so it fits me perfectly it's custom right wow. and that matters it, yeah, yeah it does it does matter and and what she said was at the end when i'm listening to her tell her story when we first met i'm like she has uh three sons that are all chefs wow and i'm like and, and one day her son came home and was mom my neck always hurts because you know the apron hangs on my neck yeah. and she goes Oh, let me see if I can help you. And so, you know, she she grew up doing design and doing clothing, and she made these new aprons. You know, with a, with a cross back apron that lean that hangs on your shoulder, and not your neck. Mm-hmm. And it's a mom who wanted to take care of her boys. That's mm-hmm. all she did. And then her apron now are just everywhere. Like every restaurant you go to, any big name restaurant you go wow. to, they're wearing her aprons. That's you know, awesome. but but it literally is a mom taking care of her boys. Yeah. That's it. It's like I don't want my sons, you know, to to, to to hurt anymore I, what can i do to help and so when you said that i'm automatically i thought of kate you know yeah. i'm like wow you're exactly it it a lot of what you're doing is mm-hmm. a mother saying i'm gonna i want to leave something mm-hmm. for my boys i yeah. want to leave something for my sons if they ever have any questions if something ever happened to me if they ever had any questions they can watch these videos and i think the world all of us yeah we get to get a little sneak peek yeah. while you're talking to your you sons. get to share yeah, yeah and it's incredible yeah. well and i think also um you don't sometimes think about it. I mean, sure, yeah, you, you may have had this experience too, but growing up, I was like, okay, okay, like Hmong food, whatever, I want a burger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get older, you're like, well, I kind of want my mom made when we were really, really young, but I don't really remember how to make that. And the fact that you're leaving this really as a gift to your kids and also to everyone else is just so phenomenal. And I just love that. Um, I know that you, me, decided to make more traditional Hmong food. Can you talk about what traditional Hmong food is to you and how you define that? Yes. I, I think whether I make, I call it authentic Hmong food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my mind, when we talk about Hmong food, I have uh, two perspectives, the authentic Hmong food, the modern Hmong food. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the authentic Hmong food. What is authentic Hmong food to mm-hmm. me? And so basically who I am as a Hmong person is defined by my Hmong authentic Hmong food. Mm-hmm. It's white rice, spicy dipping sauce, chili tokotso. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, It's the pork soup with Hmong mustard green mm-hmm. in, in English. And then tokai uh, mm-hmm. uh, Hmong poached chicken. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hmong chicken soup with all the Hmong herbs mm-hmm. that Hmong women eat during uh, the 30 days mm-hmm. and post uh, mm-hmm. giving uh, birth to a child. Mm-hmm. And then a Hmong sausage. Mm-hmm. Those are you know the examples of the authentic Hmong food and that I want to retain uh, as authentic as possible. So yeah. my focus in cooking, I do some modern, but mostly I try to mm-hmm. uh, do research or study on how did our mothers or our grandmothers made uh, steam, steam, sticky rice or steamed rice or mong sausage mm-hmm. or how did they make uh, 
Dumong poached chicken mm-hmm. and uh, Tilikana. So, mm-hmm. so that's my focus, my interest. And then uh, the modern, my other perspective of the modern Hmong food is due to the migration of Hmong people in our history from China to Laos to Thailand to America mm-hmm. as we are now. Modern Hmong food is a blend of the Hmong authentic food mm-hmm. and food from Chinese, the Chinese, the Lao, the Thai, the Americans cuisine. Yeah. I'm going to give an example. Like nowadays, even 2022, mm-hmm. when we have a Hmong wedding at home, we cook a combination of authentic Hmong food yep. plus modern Hmong food. Mm-hmm. Why? The authentic Hmong food, the Hmong poached chicken, mm-hmm. it's a must to have mm-hmm. for the wedding. Right. And then the uh, um, pork soup, uh, mm-hmm. but for wedding, that is a must to have. Mm-hmm. Despite all the dishes, the chili, the salad, the noodles, the pad thai, everything mm-hmm. else we have, but the authentic must be there. So those are my my two perspectives of the authentic Hmong food, the modern Hmong mm-hmm. food. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's, that's incredible because yeah. it's exactly, um, the, you know, along the, those lines, that's something what my mom has actually said to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that Hmong people, we, uh, we we hold tradition, authenticity in one hand, yeah. and we can have the other hand open mm-hmm. to new ideas. Because it's I think that our, our people are people that's constantly uh, evolving. We're in process, yes. you know, like like this is not a finished culture, you know, it's, it's <laughs> always in process. There's always change that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, most of, you know, most of these episodes of these podcasts, that's what G and I talk about. Like, what is Monglish? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like growing up in Winter. And you don't have a Hmong word for it, but there's a Mika word, and then you kind of just put it right Back into it. Yeah. yeah, and, that, and that's why we kind of jokingly call this podcast, you know, uh, Monglish. Yeah. You know, and, and but to be able to do that, I, I think that it takes um, it takes creativity, but also the other way is you still have to know your basics. You know, so how do you define the word? Like, just my own curiosity, how do you define the word traditional or the word authentic? Like, how do you define that? Yeah, my def- each of us will define in our own terms, but my definition of authentic Hmong food are the foods that, because Hmong people live in the highlands of mm-hmm. Laos. So authentic Hmong foods are foods that we cook from the animals that we raise, you know, mm-hmm. proteins like pork, beef, chicken, those three are the uh, the ones that we raise from all of the beautiful, delicious vegetables mm-hmm. that we raise from all the varieties of herbs that we raise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those authentic Hmong foods are foods cooked from those that we raise. And then in terms of flavor, we didn't have much flavor because mm-hmm. of our residents you know, in the highlands. Mm-hmm. I remember most of the time, the flavor to Hmong food is uh, chili, mm-hmm. uh, spicy, and salt. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Rarely, um, we would have access to Namsi uh, eel, Maggie mm-hmm. sauce, yep. or fish sauce, mm-hmm. or MSG. But mm-hmm. mostly it's salt and pepper. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and our parents were able to cook very, very delicious meals day after day for many generations. Yeah. So that's how I would define uh, authentic Hmong food. Mm-hmm. It's cooking from vegetables we raise and the animals that mm-hmm. we raise and with not much flavor. And also, I think... One beautiful thing about Hmong food is that 
it's so friendly. It's mm-hmm. it, it, Hmong. When I think of Hmong <laughs> food, it's it's family, it's gathering, it's friendship, mm-hmm. it's welcoming. All of that defines it's inviting. Yeah, yeah, it's inviting, uh, defining who we are, what Hmong food eats to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So all of that came to mind in practice every day, and mm-hmm. um, and then because of that, now come back to modern Hmong food. We have more flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and. Authentic Hmong food, there was not much flavor. Uh, we have a limit of uh, many kinds of dishes. Yep. We, we don't have many kinds of dishes like other cuisines uh, do. Mm-hmm. But the modern Hmong food, we adopted you know, uh, many other dishes into our food because we have access to all kinds of spices just like other cuisines mm-hmm. uh, do. Yeah. 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 So. And I want to bring that question to Yia too. Yeah. The same question you asked me. Mm-hmm. How do you... Tra- to define traditional or authentic Hmong food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, I define it exactly the way you you define it. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, uh, authentic or traditional Hmong food is uh, using what's around you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, I think that at a, at our restaurant and what we do is we get sometimes we get criticized. Mm-hmm. You know, people you know people love writing their reviews or I I don't even want to say review because somebody goes <laughs> oh are these critics I'm like they're not critics they're just People goes, I don't like this. And instead of saying, I don't like one time, this is the part that was so funny. Like we got a one star once because because uh, we, we're in a food hall, right? And yeah. we don't control uh, all the uh, all the you know forks and knives that are in the dish area, you know, where you can get forks and knives and napkins. We don't control that. Like the, the, the food hall controls that. And sometimes it just gets busy, right? And one time we were out there and they gave us the one star because there's like, oh, this place. Like the food's okay, but they didn't have any knives and forks for us because oh. it was empty. And uh, and they gave us one star. And I'm like, mm. how is that? What? You know, so <laughs> so I don't even call them critic. I don't even know what it is. But sometimes it's just just like stings a little bit. And Do you want to call them complainers? Complainers, yeah. <laughs> because one of the, yeah, it's good. I'm going to call it complainers. The complainers said, um, but one of the things we always get and we always get like dinged on, I guess, is people going, this isn't authentic monk food. Mm-hmm. This doesn't taste like monk food. Mm-hmm. I don't like this because it doesn't taste like monk food. Oh. And it's usually monk people who write it, you know. And and one of the things I say is <laughs> like authentic monk food or, or I, what I define as monk food always has four elements. Mm-hmm. It has a protein, mm-hmm. you know, it has a rice, mm-hmm. it has a jiao, mm-hmm. you know, a vegetable. Sometimes it's, you know, some, sometimes it's hal, you know, sometimes, it's, you know, it's braised, sometimes it's, it's stir fried. And then it has a kotsal. Mm-hmm. Four of those, all four of those elements makes what we call a mong dinner or a mm-hmm. mong meal. Mm-hmm. Growing up, if one of them was missing, my mom would always say, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. just yeah, whatever. It's Willy nilly, just like yeah, a little meal, it's whatever. A complete, yeah. It's not a complete yeah, meal. Not yeah. a complete mong meal. Yeah. Yes. And and but but that's so true because yeah. that reflects the Hmong people. Yes. Mm-hmm. When our people were in the when we when our people needed to f- come together and 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 through war and through everything, it wasn't a oh you're Hmong more oh you're 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 a Zhang you're you're a Yang. It's like no, we are one people. Yeah. And and that's reflected in our food. Yeah. Uh, y- y- we all know all three of us know that when you're eating dinner. And yet you it. If there's no peppers, it just does not feel complete. It's so yes. it's so dry. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with this meat? Absolutely. <laughs> if we're eating and there's no uh, there's no um, if there's no rice, yeah. it's like you don't start until that rice cut goes. Tick, you know yeah, what I'm saying? We need rice. And you wait you wait for that rice steamer to get from that you know that that orange to a green, and you're like, mm-hmm. yes, okay, we can eat now. You like, know, yeah. done. Yep. But 
that that's so important and that's what we want to show mm-hmm. you know that like look some of the farmers we work with are mikau farmers and we get rutabaga from them yeah. So are we less Hmong because we use rutabaga and we didn't use some kind of, you know, bamboo or some kind of stuff that our parents had access to in Laos and Thailand? Mm-hmm. Are we less Hmong? I no. don't think so. I, I know. And I that's, know. Yeah. And so, that's how I answer it. Yeah. No. And that's why Hmong people, some Hmong people get really mad yeah. because they're like, well, you're not traditional. And I'm like, <laughs> define traditional for me. Mm-hmm. Because then they, what they would do is they would start talking about uh, Miki or, or Pad Thai and yes. you'd be like, Oh, that's not traditional. That's not Hmong. No, that's not Hmong too. Yes. If you want to go, or or sometimes they'll be like, "Well, the food from Hmong village." I'm like, or or you know, or Hmong town. I'm like, well, if we're gonna be real technical, that's not Hmong. That's an adaptation. Yes, a lot of those food are adaptation mm-hmm. foods. Yeah, yes. but what makes that mm-hmm. Hmong food Hmong at Hmong village or at you know Hmong town is that you have you have rice, yes. you have gai, you have jiao. You have Kotsal. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it Hmong. And it's made by Hmong people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and that is the heart of what we're trying to do. And that's the heart we're trying to keep. Because cause I know that the Hmong people who live in, let's say, Bozeman, Montana, there's a small group of Hmong people that live mm-hmm. up there. They make their food differently than the Hmong people that live in Minnesota. Because mm-hmm. the Hmong people who live in Portland, they make their food differently than the Hmong people that live down in Bogotón, you know, um, uh, Florida. Because it's we use what's around us because that's what our parents did, that's what their parents did, and that's what their parents did. Uh, I have a question about how you feel when people say your food that you make at Union Mon Kitchen or Vinai coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, they call it modern, a modern take on Hmong food. Mm-hmm. What what do you think about that? How do you feel about that? Yeah, as a, like a lot of times. Yeah, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, like food, you know, people around here would say, um, you know, I, I don't like the word. Um, it's uh, it's upscale Hmong food, oh. or it's a high-end Hmong yeah. food, or or it's um, you know, it's a fine dine Hmong food. Yeah. I, I don't like those words okay. at all because what that means is what my mom made wasn't good enough, and and it, it really breaks my heart. When yeah. I hear that, like I almost want to cry because I'm like, wait, no. I I would never dare take what we're doing and say, oh, this is more upscale, mom. Like. Yeah, you know the food you make, mom, is no, yeah, but she's yeah, it's yeah. lower class. Yes. But what we did, is, no, yeah. the only reason that I can do what I can do, the only reason that we have any, I have an imagination yes. to to cook the food that we cook, mm-hmm. is because of you. Yes, mm-hmm. she was the foundation. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So how yes. how it would be, I would be a fool. Yes. To reject the foundation of what I was raised on, yes. no zhao hao, you know, kai uh, hao, uh, uh, you know, all that stuff, yes. which I still love mm-hmm. and it rejuvenates my soul. Yeah. I, yes, but that is the foundation that we get to build. Yeah, you know, it, it would be silly as you look at a house and you're like, oh, I don't care about the basement. No, the basement actually holds the whole house, you <laughs> yes. know. Yeah. And and so when 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 people ask, oh, you make modern mo food, I'm like, no, I, I don't. Consider if you want to call it modern, sure. If you want to title for it, but for me, it's the um, it's uh, kind of like the next process. And I hope that the next generation of young monk cooks who come through builds on what we've built here yeah. and keep moving forward. Well, I and I also think about what me said and what you know some of our other guests have said. You know, we've moved from China to Southeast Asia mm-hmm. and here to America, and we've kind of taken things along the mm-hmm. way. And I've always said I feel like this you, what you do is an evolution of where monk food is. Um, but I also want to ask, what 
Hmong food means to each of us because uh, when we talk about Hmong food, I mean, Hmong food in the Hmong culture, it's so important, right? Everyone knows when you go to someone's house, they always say, oh, um, here, let's go fix up a meal for you really quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you always tell them, no, you don't have to do that. But then they always say, no, 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 no. Like, you got to eat something. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 and it's a tradition, I know, from, from the old country too. But um, now that I've gotten older, I always wonder, yeah, what does Hmong food mean to me? And I always come back to, for me, because I did stray for a couple of years and was just like, yeah, I mean, Hmong food is fine, whatever. But I, w- I really want, like I mentioned, the burger or, you know, the avocado toast or something, right? Traitor. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> avocado toast. Right? Which I still love, but I also yeah. love Hmong food. Um, <laughs> so then you come back to the Hmong food. And I always say, I think for me, food is always home. Like food mm-hmm. is home. So when I come back to Hmong food and I made the dish that my mom made when we were younger, which is just like literally like three ingredients it's yeah, like cherry it? tomatoes and oyster sauce yeah. and a little bit of salt yeah. and okay. then you have sticky rice and you dip yeah. it right yeah. like that's what my mom made for us growing up sometimes she would add like beef if we had yeah. enough money to buy the beef but yeah. um, sometimes she would add beef to it but when i make that today i'm always like oh i feel like this is home mm-hmm. this is it you know this is what food is to me this is what mong food is to me it's home hey folks it's matt producer for monglish We had some technical difficulties occur at this point in the recording and lost about a minute or two of the conversation. We just had everyone keep talking and we fixed the recording at about the time when Yia began to talk about the relationship between memories and food. That's all we had. You know, so so we didn't grow up having like a a photo album of all the memories Uh and, uh, you know, do I'm saying? But what we did have was had mom and dad's cooking. And to me, that's my photo um, album. That's the thing that, you know, like I can look back on. Mm-hmm. Growing up, mom would make a braised pork neck with, with mung mustard green, you know. Mm-hmm. And what she would do is she would take young guy, you know, that's on the on the bone. She would take it all off and she'd save it to the side. Uh-huh. And then she'll have the kua and your zhao. Yeah. And when, we, the, when the kids ate, she would pull out young guy, you know, the meat where she pulled off yeah. and she saved. She would give us that, oh. and, and and she would give us you know a little bit of your, your koa, but but yeah. mostly young guy, like that's yeah. what she would always say for us. Wow. And I remember a few years ago, I stopped at their house and I was like picking up something from the garage, and my mom's like, "Hey, it's lunch. You want to eat?" I'm like, "Sure." And I go in, and one thing I love is not your potana eating the, yeah. like mm-hmm. like the, the bone and the, the, you know the, just the cartilage. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. So so you know my mom had that with your uh, with with the broth with the pork broth and, and the mustard green. And I was just eating that, and my mom was, oh, took me too. So I'm not your call. And she's like, don't eat that. She goes, so she didn't even know that I was coming over, but she still took off all the meat from the bone, mm. and she saved it, oh. hoping that maybe one of her kids come over, wow. and that would be for them. And like, I left, I left that lunch. It's a simple lunch, mm. right? It's that and that, and local tzala and low, you know, rice. Yeah. So we all had that. I left it almost in tears, mm. thinking about, I here I am in a full adult. <laughs> if I want to try and go grab a burger or whatever, mm. but they still do that, hoping that what if one of our kids come by, sure. they can have the good stuff. That that we'll, we'll eat the scraps and we'll, we'll drink the broth. That's good enough for us, but we have to save the good stuff, the, 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 the life-giving protein mm. for our children. Yeah. But to me, that's what Hmong food means. Mm. You know, To me, knowing that they still do that today. Yeah. 
And we're adults. So we're not kids anymore. It's not like we, we're a malnutrition kid, you know. We're adults. And they still do that today. They still. And I watched my mom and dad do the same thing with my nieces and nephews. You know, their grandkids. They make sure they had no struggle. Like, you know. Like, even if, if, if any of the meat comes on the bone, like, my dad will peel it all off. You know, take it all off for my little, you know, for his grandkids. Make sure that they can simply just eat it. Um, That's a beautiful story. I love that too because I think it's really true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and I have had similar experiences Mm -hmm. where like I'll come home from, you know, wherever I've worked over the last 13, 14 years and I'll go to my mom's house and she'll be like, I made this meal for us even though I didn't ask for lunch. Mm -hmm. But she's like, it's okay. I made this meal for us. It's nothing. But it's like the full on mong meal that you have, right? Yeah, it's like Thanksgiving again. You know, um, zhao, like you have all of it. um, um, Cucumber, um, sweet cucumber in water. Um, So she'll do all of that. And then she'll just like kind of watch me eat. Yes. And I'll say like, mom, are so, you going to eat? Yeah. Right? Are you yeah. going to eat? And wow. she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll eat. I'll eat. But she's like, but eat this and eat this. And she'll give yeah. me everything yeah. before yes. she even starts to eat. Yes. Me, what is that about yeah. mong parents? Like, yeah. Mong moms especially. I, I, do the, I do the similar things. My <laughs> children, they gone to college away from home, mm-hmm. out of state. Mm-hmm. And I would make beef jerky, dry mm-hmm. beef jerky, yep. mm-hmm. uh, pack individual meal, and then vacuum seal yeah. to freeze <laughs> it. Vacuum seal to freeze it. Um, I make stuffed chicken wing mm-hmm. and pre-cook and vacuum seal and then visit my children and give it to them. Mm-hmm. Or the one that went to college close, I would cook sticky rice in a bamboo basket, mm-hmm. beef jerky, uh, blanched vegetables, and then visit them and have lunch with them. Mm-hmm. I think how you two describe it's a motherly love of mm-hmm. their children. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a typical, typical motherly love in the Hmong culture that a mother always want to make sure their children or their mm-hmm. child never goes hungry mm-hmm. and always get fed. No matter how old you are mm-hmm. yet, yeah, yeah. yet the mother, it's the mother always checking on make sure you get feed. Yeah. One thing I wanted to add, Jia and Yia, about uh, what is Hmong food to mm-hmm. me, uh, the Hmong poached chicken. Yeah. When I when I said Hmong food, it's family, it's welcoming, it's friendship. I I cannot think of any other culture mm-hmm. except the Hmong culture that when we have friends or relatives visiting us from afar, we would cook this Hmong poached chicken mm-hmm. and, and a. Um, a pack of um, sticky rice, whether mm-hmm. white sticky rice or purple sticky mm-hmm. rice, mm-hmm. with salt and pepper, and pack to them. Yep. That is uh, that is uh, the the family love, the friendship yep. love mm-hmm. that we don't want them to get hungry. Uh, you know, going back home, mm-hmm. and I cannot think of any other culture except the Hmong practice. Yep. We are just a, a beautiful, unique culture yeah. uh, when we talk about food. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. almost the extension of love. Yeah. It's like we co- you come and we feed you. Mm-hmm. And not just that we make sure you're full, but when you leave, yeah. we're gonna th- that love goes with you. Goes. Yeah. And that's what I mm. love about Hmong food. And that's what my white friends complain about yeah. when we make food at our house. And they're like, dude, you made so much. What, 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 what are you going to feed the army? And I'm always like, <laughs> like I'm yeah. like, Dude, are you kidding me? I'm making sure I can take you guys can take some stuff home. Yeah. And it's so implanted in me. I didn't realize I was doing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. even like when we started the restaurant, like our portions would be so big. And my uh our 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 uh our finance guy is always like, dude, like we're we're like we're we're, we're like we're there's too much like we like we're money wise, we're losing money here. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And it was always like I didn't know that was so instilled inside of me. Yeah. Where it's yes. like when you leave, we want you to be able to take it with you. Like if you can finish this 
all in one sitting that we didn't do our job. Yeah. You know? I, I think the same for me. I'm always like cooking for, because in my mind, Hmong families are so big too. And when I cooked when I was younger, it was like I always had to cook for a family of 11, 12 people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you always made like this giant meal. Um, and I still cook like that today. And I'm learning like, oh, I better cut back because not everyone's going to come over anymore. But I do have... <laughs> Jordan's like, enough! I know, Jordan's enough. like, uh, we have food for like six days. It's going to go bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, do, I do have a funny story too because my mom packs everything for everyone when we come visit right and mm -hmm. she's always like okay you're gonna get you know um chicken like boiled chicken and pepper and rice mm -hmm. and um my brother one time came to visit her and then he was flying somewhere and he got stopped at the airport yes. because they were like what do you have going through this oh. gsa right now like what is this and it was it was the chicken that my yeah. mom had packed yeah. him because but it can also, you imagine what it looks like on the x-ray right, like, like some weird dinosaurs like, yeah. oh, like that. they're like do you have a dead animal carcass in there like yeah. what is going on Good. but um, yes it is but right right yeah. but i think we all like that's what i love about food too is we all have stories that revolve mm -hmm. around mong yeah. food because it yeah. is so um it's such a huge component of our lives as yes. Hmong people. Yes. Hmong food, it's abundant. How Yi described mm. is abundant. One food value that my mother taught me is when cooking food for guests coming to your home or when you have a, an event at mm. home, always cook a lot of food. Mm -hmm. So abundant of food. Mm -hmm. And it's good for you to have more food than not having enough. So yep. I could see... Your practice here mm -hmm. at your restaurant, you're doing the same thing mm -hmm. we're doing at home, having more food. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I also think too that it's like it comes from tradition and also comes from the old country too. No, yes. you know, my mom and dad was explaining to me it was like when you have people come visit, it wasn't like a 15 minute drive that they came over. It could have been up to a day's walk from yeah. the last village. Mm -hmm. And so when they're walking home, you want to make sure that they can stop and eat mm -hmm. as they're walking home and they're traveling. And it's part of that. Yes. And it's it's something here that we forget because we have convenience of cars. Yes. You know, and um, my, my mom is explaining that to me and I'm like, that makes so much sense. And I, like those are the things I'm really proud of. Those are the things where it's like, I'm so... I'm so honored and I'm so happy to be home. Mm -hmm. yes. And it's, it's like inside of me that I do it naturally without even thinking about it. Yes. And yes. don't forget that they weren't just walking like a flat path. Yeah. They were walking in the mountains, right? Yes. And yes. so you needed sustenance. Yes. Yeah, it's like a trek. It wasn't like a straight, like paved road, like like some of the roads we had, right. or you know, some of the biking trails we had around yeah. here, you right. know? Yeah. It's like, oh, we have to climb to that top and then we have to climb back down and right. we have to go to that other yeah. top. Yeah. And, and even about that, even in America, even if we visit somebody in California mm. and we're not walking that that distance mm -hmm. even if we find the air the by plane a relative or a friend packed mm -hmm. me the monk bomb mushroom yeah i would not say no mm -hmm. i yep. would take it mm -hmm. and you know i i'm just so proud to be monk like you said mm -hmm. most of the time when i get to the airport i eat it when i get to the airport i don't care about whatever yeah. they sell there but i open up my my bomb mushroom yeah. and then i eat the chicken mm. and the food oh. to myself and yeah. my husband said aren't you ashamed people will look at you i said no this is my food yeah. so i eat it i eat the chicken yeah. and the the rice right at the airport yeah, yeah. this is what we need to yeah. to teach the younger generation no too that there's no shame no. when your parents pack you that <laughs> no to bring shame. to school because yeah. no. you know you have yeah, stories we, too going to going to school and you're mm -hmm. like oh i my mom bought me this uh or made me this like yeah. really mong dish and i don't know i don't want to show yeah. anyone where's yeah. my lunchables right yeah <laughs> yeah we talked about that many times i also think too that the reason why we were talking about how Hmong moms would always feed and almost in a way overfeed their children is, you know, my mom was explaining to me that in the refugee camp, there wasn't enough food. Mm -hmm. 
and you watch your children die mm-hmm. from hunger and there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine being a parent and you're sitting there and you're just saying there's n- other than putting a little bit of water on their lips yeah. where, you know, or, or, or we're trying our best and you're scraping the rest of the rice that's on the bottom of the pot mm-hmm. so that they can have a little bit other than that. Like I have to watch my child die mm-hmm. slowly and, 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 dying from hunger is not, is one of the worst ways to die right mm-hmm. and to watch your children and, and not a lot of children made it you know because of disease because of sickness because of hunger mm-hmm. and so that's why like it makes complete sense here you know my my little niece had this little complaint she's like nine or no she, she, she was like yeah she's like nine, nine or ten and she was like my parents uh her parents dropped them her off to my mom and dad and they were watching them and they went somewhere for the day and I remember when uh, when my when their parents came back, you know, my uh, brother in law, my sister came back and picked up all the kids. There's five of them. Uh, she goes up to, her, to my sister, her mom, and goes, "Mom, Grandpa made us eat three times today. Oh, <laughs> oh she like there's so much food. Oh. It's like he made us eat in the morning, and then in the afternoon, and then he made us eat dinner, and he kept giving us food to eat. And then she's, she's like, I'm so full, I can't eat anymore. Mm-hmm. And she was like, almost kind of complaining, like I can't believe we have to eat so much. And I'm like, I wanted to grab her cheeks and be like, Child, <laughs> you don't understand. Like, this is a luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. But I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. And when my mom talks about how mothers had to watch their children die yeah. because there wasn't food, it like, it was like, it's like there's a part of me that's like, you, you never say no mm-hmm. to mom. Yeah. You never mm-hmm. say no. And she's like, like, like hurry up, come eat, 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 eat the yes. before you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I remember your story about your grandma, you know, where you guys went to visit your grandma. You know, mm-hmm. I remember that story and it makes me tear up mm-hmm. where where you guys are like, oh, we got to go to the airport. You yeah. know, like, I got to hit my two hour Aww. thing, you know, and, and you guys got, you're like, I got to go, go. And she's like, I just want to cook and have everyone sit down and eat. Yeah. And your mom's like, everyone sit down and eat. Let's yeah. go. You know? <laughs> yeah. And- my grandma was making food, even though, you know, we always say, we don't need to eat. No, but you know, you know, and she'd be like, okay, okay. But she's still in the kitchen making the food. And I really had to catch this flight to get back to Kansas City. I was living in Kansas City at the time. And I was going to be late. And then we were like, okay, we got to go. And she had set the table already ready oh. and then she started tearing up she was like i just wanted to sit down and eat a meal with you one of my grandkids yeah. and my mom just looked over at me she was like sit down and i was like okay <laughs> yeah. and we ate a meal with my grandma which was really like i still remember that story yeah. because i also know how important that is to the elders yeah. too yeah. To, to sit around the table and eat even though like sometimes there's not discussions really happening it's just kind of like you're eating and you're not really talking to your mom or dad they're just staring at you or something you know like yeah. there's not a lot of like conversation but that in itself is a conversation of yeah. like the food mm-hmm that is happening and and the food that you're taking into your body right Mm -hmm. like that itself is a conversation i think wow Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful story thank you (laughs) okay so me we got to talk about some dishes that are your favorites to make and yeah can chime in on his favorite dishes too because i want to know um i don't think i've ever asked you that yeah so yeah so let's talk about some favorite dishes that you both like to make yeah some of the favorite dishes that i like to make Authentic and modern Hmong food, what I call. Mm-hmm. The authentic would be Hmong tokai vo, oh. Hmong poached chicken. <laughs> that is one 
authentic food that I love to make over and it's over. It's a complete meal. Yes. And you cannot forget no, the, the broth from it. Like that. Yes. Makes, oh, so, and and oh, I, so I use the chicken as the protein and then I save the broth mm-hmm. and make, you know, add tofu or yeah. uh, uh, throw in some spinach yep. and just make the soup mm-hmm. and then the rice and then the chili pepper and that yeah. completes the meal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. that's one thing. The other and thing. And what kind of chicken do you use? It's not like a Tyson style <laughs> no, store bought chicken, right? So monk that's, chicken only. That's that's oh, a very oh. very important yeah okay monk chicken monk meaning chicken. what monk chicken um <laughs> I, I buy my monk chicken from uh the farm mm-hmm. the, or the amish farm mm-hmm. or the monk farm that they raise the chicken mm-hmm. not the regular chicken from the um like the store the grocery yeah. store yeah. not that no not that yeah. the monk chicken yeah the monk yeah. chicken what is the difference for both of you guys yeah the difference it's the grocery box a store chicken the meat it's so soft and uh, it's just not uh yeah. it, it, it's just not monk a, a, chicken a yeah. lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. grocery store chicken to make it so that uh it the, the size of the chicken is bigger uh, what they do is they actually they pump it with water. Oh, they oh yeah. So that's why it's softer. I see. Yep. So okay. during the butchering process, they okay. put it through this thing where they inject it with water, mm-hmm. and what it does is it actually helps the chicken not um, you know, uh, it doesn't so the chicken doesn't break down fast. Okay. You know, so, so they can keep. But you know, it's, it, it's done safely. You know. Okay. But then the water part, it's, it's so it's a lot of moisture in it. But the texture, yeah, because of that yep. process, the it, texture it just not tastes like the monk's chicken. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and it's made so that like the, like the breast and the thighs can be yeah. just cut out and then you oh, can grill it or whatever. Okay. So it's it's a lot more tender, mm-hmm. but that's why like chicken breast, like that store bought chicken breast, yeah. has no flavor to it. Yeah, because a lot of it's injected with water okay. and just oh like a water solution that keeps it plump okay. because then you can sell it like that, you know. So that's okay. why we we even I I tell people if, if you're gonna do like a whole roasted chicken and you get a chicken from the um uh, from the uh, grocery store, take the chicken, cut it in half. You know, fan it out mm-hmm. and put it on a rack, and then put the chicken in your uh, leave it uncovered for about two days mm. in your fridge. And what happens? All that water evaporates, okay. oh, and then the meat okay. texture is different. Well, I learned something yeah, new from yeah. you today. And then tokamakina, yes. like when you roast the mochina, <laughs> yes. it's a lot crispier okay. because oh. all that moisture is gone. It's gone. Yeah. So two days, you said. Yeah, about two days. So okay. what I like doing is I do mm-hmm. that, and you 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 know you mock. You will cut it and you in half, like yeah. you spatchcock it. Yeah. You put it on a rack that's okay. on a pan. So then all the moisture drips. And yes. then I take a little bit of salt and I put salt over the skin. Okay. And then extract all oh, the, the moisture water. for two days. Okay. And it looks a little weird because you're like, oh, man, this looks weird. But it's actually all that moisture comes out. Okay. And Tokomachina, that skin is really crispy. Mm. And and the texture of the meat is different, too, because okay. all that moisture comes out. Oh, I will try that. So yeah. <laughs> that's why, like, when we do when we do our roast chicken, yes. it's always a little People are always like, well, I can buy this for $6.99 at you know cubs food or but it's like well yeah ours takes about two days to get yes. ready you yeah. know and we do the same thing for our ducks oh, so okay. we take our ducks we cut them out and we just let them rest for about like we we cut we you know dry age it kind of so we let it rest for about uh anywhere from seven to ten days mm-hmm. and all that moisture comes out wow. and it, it you know and that flavor is more intense okay. you know so that's just kind of a little technique but the, the the chickens you get at store they're, they're injected with water solution. Okay, that is That's why, why it's very important for mm-hmm. when you get make sure it says air dry chicken. Mm. So that means like they just hang it and they dry mm-hmm. it so they don't inject it with water. Okay. So it's fresher. Do you ever yeah. use that chicken to make mongpo chicken? 
Uh, sometimes. Is it, is it good? Yeah. No? I was like, yeah, you know. But like when I do chicken, when yeah, my mom and dad, they go, they have an Amish farm that they go get like yeah. 100, 150. Yeah. And they have a certain farmer, they know, they won't give away the secret to which farmer it is, mm-hmm. but they have a certain farmer who grows on the black chicken, who yeah. raises the black chicken. I love chicken. that. Yeah, the secret. Yeah. I love that the secrets. Chicken. Yeah, I love yeah. the secrets. And, and like my dad always, my mom and dad, like every season they go and they like make a deal with them and it's always like 200, 250 of them. Mm. And so we have all this black chicken, which I love the black chicken. Yeah. I love the black chicken so much. You so know? also for people who don't understand, what is the black chicken? Mm-hmm. The um, I, I think, yeah, the black chicken, in my thought, it's delicacy. Yes. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, only important people mm-hmm. you will serve the black chicken mm-hmm. to. Not everybody will get yeah. the black chicken. The, yeah. The, the bones <laughs> make that stock, the, the chicken stock, tastes so much better. It's like when you have good, like, you know, like farm-raised chicken, good farm-raised chicken don't weigh more than two pounds. Like, they're really skinny chicken, like, to be honest. Yes, they're skinny. You know, they're not like the four-pound, no. like, you know, like chunky chickens you yeah. get in store. These things are probably two pounds at the most, and it's and the bones are a lot longer than that short. The bones are a lot longer because they they have the ability just to grow. They're, they're kind of free-range. They, mm-hmm. they grow. The other thing too is the the bones are so much richer when when to, in when, flavor. Yes, in mm. flavor. And and when when you're done braising it and uh, or poaching it and you mm. take the chicken out and there's that layer of that yellow like oil on top, mm-hmm. that chicken fat. Yeah. That's the real chicken flavor too, you know. Mm. And that's what makes it so delicious, so delicious, you know. So like that's like for me, that's when I know like oh wow, this is like this chicken is different. Mm-hmm. You can totally tell when it's uh you know one of the mung chickens mm-hmm. or one of the Old, older rooster chickens, yeah, you know, too, yeah. you know, like the older chickens, yeah. where it, you have to, it takes a little time to braise to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was especially if, you know, my mom and them, they have their black, the black chickens, yes. you know, you could totally tell because that's like my favorite. favorite. That is to me is it's just home cooking. <laughs> it is tradition. It, it brings me back to being like a 10 year old boy just yeah. sitting at the table, you know, and, and, and that stock is so yeah. rich. Yeah. You know, and, and, but then, you know, like we all know this. There's always that look, oh, that pot that's just yeah. sitting <laughs> at the stove. Where that chicken is in there, and then there's like, and then sometimes there'll be like pieces of chicken. But like I can, when I, I mean, when I was living with my mom and them, I come home late for work, and I can always guarantee that there was a look all with half I'm a chicken on it with the boy, and then I just turn it on, yep. get that hot, get the bowl of rice, and that was my late night meal after um, like you know long work, at the long day. At my mom would cook something in the morning and just leave it for all day, and the kids because there were nine kids, and yep. so she was like, "This is what I've cooked for the day. Yep. Come get it when you're hungry," and yep. that's what we did. Um, so okay, you ever had post? Uh, black chicken? I have had black chicken. I don't have it often. I guess okay. I'm not a very important person. Oh, stop it. It. <laughs> We need to get our celebrity Jill. No, no. yeah. It's like you and Sunni. Like, it's all just black uh, chickens. Yeah, black yeah. chicken. We bring it up to you guys. Yeah. No, but um, I would love to, to have it again. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's one of your favorite dishes to make. Yeah. yeah. What's one of yours, yeah, to make, to cook? Oh, are, we, are we just talking about, like, stuff at the restaurant or, like... You can talk oh. about whatever you want. Well, my, my, mine is very basic. It's, <laughs> it's um, kaiki. Oh, you know, okay. like pork, you yeah. know, pork, uh, grilled pork. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not talking about like a pork chop or whatever. It's, you know, to, when we were growing up as kids, you know, you buy tombo, you know, mm-hmm. you know, with the mom and dad, we go out and, you know, we, we butcher a pig and, and then dad starts a fire outside mm-hmm. in the back. And then we, you know, and then you take, basically you take the whole pig, you bring it back to the garage, you know, oh. and then you break it down yeah. and dad starts a fire in the back. And sometimes one of my uncles will be over and then we'll start breaking down the meat mm-hmm. and then they'll just start breaking down the meat and then suddenly just salt, a little pepper maybe, yeah, you know, yeah, a little black yeah. pepper and then they just throw it on. 
and it, and it's so fresh that yes. that and especially when you have good pork not like the industry you know big company pork mm -hmm. but a good you know a good pig you know who's who's out there eating great you know food and it's just that rich rich pork flavor mm -hmm. and that you know that and then yeah. a little bit of yeah. i i need to talk about pepper really quickly mm -hmm. because um this is really important to me by the way i watch your tiktok on making pepper. a little pepper thing <laughs> i love okay so yeah. my story growing up too is you know we always had pepper with everything mm -hmm. as a yeah. young kid um but everyone had different versions of yep. what their pepper yes. was like right and we always added lime or lemon to ours and i remember growing up we used to go to my grandma's house um in the summer she lived in fresno i lived in sacramento and and my mom would drop us off there for like a week, my sister and me and my cousin or something for like a week or two. And then she'd come pick us up later in yeah. the summer. But my grandma would always make like chicken, rice and pepper, right? Yep. <laughs> and, and we always used to joke as kids. And this was us like maybe seven or eight years old living in America. And we would say things like, you know, kids in America, they have grandma's cookies. We have grandma's pepper <laughs> we used to say that growing up as kids and wow. it was like it was like our favorite thing and so i really um i really just like that is always the the thing that completes the meal is like to mm -hmm. have the pepper mm -hmm. how do you all make your pepper no, go ahead go yes. <laughs> well again gia that question it's again the authentic monk pepper yep. and mm -hmm. the modern monk pepper yep. so the authentic monk pepper we did not have any access to msg or mm -hmm. fish sauce uh -huh. so just uh, in the fresh chili into the mm -hmm. throw into the mortar uh, if i have um fresh cilantro seeds mm -hmm. uh yeah. that grow Coriander, in the garden yep. yeah yep. yeah there's some of that and then uh chinese peppercorn uh yeah. 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 yeah so that's how i make monk pepper okay so uh we have lemongrass so i cut a little bit of lemongrass uh roots into it mm -hmm. and then salt and if I have MSG, fine. If not, salt, and then I pound it. Mm. So and then garlic. We have garlic. So mm. add garlic. So it's uh, fresh chili pepper, garlic, Chinese pepper, corn, cilantro seeds, fresh ones, and then um, lemongrass. And then mm. I just pound it with salt, mm. and that gives me very delicious mm. monk pepper. Now come yeah. back to the <laughs> modern modern monk yeah. pepper. Yeah. It's fish sauce again yeah. um i have a video on my youtube making yeah. the spicy dipping sauce yeah. i use garlic chili pepper and then fish sauce mm -hmm. mushroom seasoning or mm -hmm. msg yep. so mm -hmm. that's the modern kind mm -hmm. of dipping sauce and so yeah. each of us does it according to yeah. our taste and our yeah. flavor with different variations yeah. i think yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean ours you know we Ours is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, very classic. Uh, what my mom has taught me yeah. is, you know, uh, it's garlic, Thai chilies, you know. Mm -hmm. We'll start with that. And then I, I, I go, I throw some shallots in there because mm -hmm. the sweetness on the shallot. Mm -hmm. You know, some people go sugar. Some yeah. people put sugar in. Yeah. It's, like a, it's a very Thai thing. It's like yeah. sugar or, or yeah. you know, or, or, or a little bit of... Uh, or a little bit of palm sugar. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do that. Like mm -hmm. some of my cooks like like the little sugar in them. Yeah. Like don't do the sugar, you know. <laughs> so it'd be um and then it'd be shallots and then uh and then yeah fish sauce, lime juice, mm -hmm. cilantro. You know, just kind of pound it all together. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I usually end it with a little oyster sauce because oh. I like that deep, oh. rich. You know, because oyster That's sauce. Different. Yeah, yeah okay. oyster sauce to me reminds me of molasses. Oh. So it's almost like okay. it's like uh, you. It's like that hint. Like instead of doing sugar, I use a little bit of oyster sauce. Okay. And then I, at the end, um, depending on how like 
uh, how loose or how st- or, or or how like you know tight the the the, the peppers are mm-hmm. or the the the, the, the whole uh, you know kotsal is. Mm-hmm. I'll put a little bit of oil. Oh, and okay. that that oil helps uh, uh, loosen it up, and mm. also helps preserve it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it doesn't go like you know, like does that dark green color, you know. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, but it gives it a little, you know, a little pop, and then, you know, and then I'll just salt it at the end just to get the, the salt I want, you mm-hmm. know. And so my mom always taught me that you could tell how angry the person is who's <laughs> making the peppers, or if they had a bad day yes. by how you know how hot the pepper yes. is. And so I, we always joke at the restaurant because somebody would be like, "Oh man, like." Oh, like, you know, you know, the pepper day is really hot. I'm like, yeah, I think one of our cooks was super mad. Like, oh. <laughs> woke up with her boyfriend or something. I don't know. You know, like, we always joked about that, you know. Uh, but, great. yeah. But then also we have to know, too, is, like, like you know, the, the pepper itself, the Thai chilies itself, mm-hmm. the, then the heat level is not all the same. So mm-hmm. sometimes you will get a batch that it's not that spicy. And that's people are like, true. well, it's not that spicy. This one. Yes. It's like, that's we don't control that. It's, yeah. It's what we nature. got. Nature. It's the yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah, it's nature itself. <laughs> So having to explain that to people a lot because yeah. like oh this didn't wasn't as spicy as last time or again this is a review we get where it's yeah. like Hmong people would be like oh like what's all the chinjia and you're like mm-hmm. oh the pepper wasn't even hot mm-hmm. and I'm like we can't control that I yeah. can't tell our vendors to be like hey make sure you get us the hot ones you know it's <laughs> like you get what you get you know yeah. and and that's why I always tell I always tell our cooks a lot of our cooks are Hmong so I'm like when you're making uh, when you're making our pepper sauce mm-hmm. the first thing you want to do is I want you to taste it but don't because in the French style way of cooking mm. you know which is a lot of us in, in in the restaurant have learned is you just taste everything with a spoon mm. i say don't taste it too take some sticky rice and mm-hmm. taste it with the sticky rice mm-hmm. because that's how people are going to eat it yeah. so if you want to gauge it, the, the, the the saltiness you want to gauge the umami you mm-hmm. want to engage the heat use the sticky rice because yeah. that's how they're going to eat it mm-hmm. and so instead i'm saying instead of using spoon use the sticky rice like mm-hmm. that then goes okay Okay, I need to add a little bit of this, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that combination. So yeah, that's what that we do. is right. Yes, yeah. that is yeah. right. I how wanna... about you? How do you? Yeah, yeah. How... peppers. Oh. You did a TikTok video on it. I just saw yeah. It. <laughs> was that the Hmong? See, I'm confused about which TikTok. I'm like, was it the Hmong pepper or was it the Hmong ch- tomato? I think it was the tomatoes. Was there <laughs> okay. peppers and tomatoes? There wasn't. No, oh, no. Was that a... you might have been confusing because it looks the same. It looks the yeah. same. But um. No, we just do it. We do the fish sauce and lime and then cilantro and Thai chili peppers yeah. and um, garlic. And so that's how we do ours. Mm-hmm. But um, everyone does it so differently. Yes. Our family loves the lime. We have to always have like a oh, lime. Oh, have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. a lime portion mm-hmm. to My it. My mom does it a little yeah. different because she grows her own ginger root yeah. and mm-hmm. her own lemongrass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, she that's what she does, like lemon root, yeah. ginger mm-hmm. and her own Thai chilies yeah. and a little salt. And then she'll just finish off with a little... Um, a little uh, mm-hmm. fish sauce. That's yeah. it. So it's yep. like really, like literally she'll just grab it from the farm you know, when, when when they're out in the garden and they're wor- you're working out there and they'll make lunch out there. My dad's yeah. got a little grill out there and they'll just make lunch mm-hmm. and she'll quickly just, boom, throw it in, you know. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> um. then, oh, one, one question, sorry. One question I have. Is it very important to have it in mm-hmm. the pestle, mortar, mortar and pestle? Mm-hmm. Is that very important? I, or? I, I think making chili pepper, whether making the authentic mm-hmm. kind or the modern kind, I think it's always tastes best yeah. using the mortar and the yeah. pestle making yeah. rather than the food processor. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I mentioned that on my YouTube channel, if you have mm-hmm. to make a, a bucket for mm-hmm. bucket for a wedding, you cannot use the mortar and the pestle. Yeah, you can use the food us. processor. Sure. But right. for home cooked meals, mm-hmm. I prefer using the mortar because mm-hmm. that gives you the best flavor because you're mm-hmm. pounding the mm-hmm. chili. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also mm-hmm. it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. 
it's a lot harder. Because, You're really connecting to your yeah, ancestors. No, I, I mean it. No, no, no. Because I, my mom is like not even five feet tall, and yeah. she'll do it, and mm-hmm. she'll just stand over it and go at it. Yeah. I'm a bigger. I'm like literally like you know yeah. like there's like three of her makes one of me, and I'm like I do it for ten minutes. I'm like man, my hands hurt. It is. She's like just sits there, like ding 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 yeah. ding ding, and she's mm-hmm. going. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I I really enjoyed this conversation. I mean, I think food just brings us all together. As we've said, this is like a welcoming, connecting point for Mm -hmm. so many of us. Um, I think we just want to end maybe with you talking me a little bit about, you know, why you do this YouTube channel is really um, a gift for your kids and a gift for your children. Mm -hmm. Um, Will you continue doing it? And what is the future of how you're dishes or recipes are going to evolve you think yes i will continue right now i schedule to do two videos per week oh and then God, yeah and then lot. one video on every sunday the video on sunday it's a tutorial video on mm-hmm. how to cook mm-hmm. but my video on wednesday it's just a casual video it may mm-hmm. be family eating family cooking or just something else fun mm-hmm. but the tutorial cooking video is on sunday mm-hmm. so uh, my plan is to continue uh, doing the video so that mm-hmm. I can share with my children um, and friends, families, anybody out there that mm-hmm. is and looking us. for ideas how to cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And yeah. yeah, I just want to ask you, I mean, yeah. as a chef yourself, Chef Ye Vang, <laughs> tell me what you think about the future of Hmong food and how it's going to evolve. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I feel uh, what, what I really want to do is be able to use uh, food as a window to our past mm-hmm. you know um i was asked to speak to this group of um Hmong high school kids and there's like 600 of them or something like that i don't know there's a bunch of them and and i just went around the room real quick and i'm like hey before we start i just want to ask like what's your favorite food mm-hmm. i didn't even say what's your favorite Hmong food i said what is your favorite food mm-hmm. and i didn't and these are all high schoolers right it's a couple years ago and i i and I'm thinking to myself, oh, pizza, burger, you know, <laughs> da, 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 this fries, this, like, you know, chicken tenders. Mm-hmm. I, I kid you not, every single kid who raised their hand said, oh, like, you know, um, boiled chicken, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, pork, uh, uh, boiled pork with, you know, mung mustard green. Yeah. Oh, um, fermented mustard green, mm-hmm. like what's all and sticky rice. Mm-hmm. I didn't even prompt them. They all said it. And these were young kids. They all said it. Yeah, they all wow. said it. Because I think that there's mm-hmm. something about mung food that mm-hmm. you eat as a child growing up, yeah. even if it's like breakfast sausage with a little rice mm-hmm. or eggs with rice. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's something that, that it just encapsulates inside your soul. Yeah. And and I think that no matter where we grow up, because this is what happened to me, no matter how you grow up, no matter how far you run away mm-hmm. and try to be like, oh, like, you know, like I'm going to... I'm here and I, I love Greek food, so that's all I'm going to eat, blah, blah, blah. No matter where you go in life, mm-hmm. there's this voice that's calling inside of you to come back to mom and dad's table, to grandma's table, to de- whatever, you know, to your aunt's table. And and for me, that's what it was. It was in college. I came back and I'm, we had, I had all this great food in college, but then like, why is it I'm sitting over this bowl of rice with some zhou kuo, you know, yeah. and I'm eating it in my soul feels alive it feels rejuvenated mm-hmm. it feels like this is where it's meant to be mm-hmm. and i fought that for so long mm-hmm. you know because about yes. the food that we had yes but what Hmong food does is it gives us a peek into our past mm-hmm. you know it gets us into conversation like we had with uh professor li pao Zhang. Mm-hmm. you know and once we start seeing that we're saying i know where i've come from mm-hmm. i know about the great heroes and giants of our people who suffered and who went through things so that I can be here. And then once you're there, we know our present and then gives us a trajectory for our future. And that mm-hmm. and that's 
And kind of, Gia, to answer your question is, I hope that people keep building on it. I mean, that's the one thing about our people Mm -hmm. is that when we find something that's incredible, we build on it and then we build on it so that the next generation can build on it. So then the next one can build on it. And it is so much in our DNA to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that me, that I really enjoy about your videos and I kind of went deep diving into them (laughs) is there's so many Hmong dishes that I don't know the Hmong words for. Oh, okay. To be completely honest. Okay. Like, I don't. I'm like, okay. I don't I see my mom make that all the time, but I'm like, yeah. what is that? Mm. I think that the best thing that we can do is, as Hmong people, is communicate it to our non Hmong friends what yes. it is. Yes. Like, for example, Yadikwa, uh, you know, with yeah, you know, sugar. Yadikwa, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. You know, uh, it, so I, the way I explain it to people is, I'm like, it's like a gazpacho. A gazpacho yes. is, you know, usually made out of tomatoes, mm-hmm. but it's like a cold tomato soup, basically. Yeah. When I explain that to, to my culinary friends, like, oh, we get it. Mm. I'm like, it is made out of mung cucumber. Mm. Well, what's mung cucumbers? I get to talk. Yeah. <laughs> mung cucumbers is not like your regular green cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Oh, they can get big. Yeah. <laughs> but the flavor is totally yeah. different. It's mm-hmm. tartier. Yeah. yeah. It's not as sweet and yeah. it's perfect yeah. and it's refreshing, mm-hmm. you know, and and then being able to take that and say, hey, how do we, you know, how do we build on this? You know, so for us, like for one of our dishes that we're doing for Vinai is turning that into like a, like a welcome drink mm-hmm. where it's a slushy. Yeah. So it's a mung cucumber slushy with a hint of mint in there. Wow. And then we, take, yeah. then we take the mung cucumbers and then we cut them up into little cubes and then we, um, we, um, and then we'll put like lemongrass mm-hmm. and a little bit of lime and we compress them into like a vacuum sealer. You compress it so then the, the then the monk then the cucumber, the monk cucumber mm. gets a hint of lemongrass and lime in there. And then we put that into the slushy. So you have a little bit of the slushy. Oh, wow. You know, but but, but it, it's, That sounds it, yummy. Yeah, yeah. But it's a refreshing <laughs> it's a refreshing first thing. That yeah. when you guys come sit down and yeah. you eat, that's the first thing that's gonna be on the table oh, for you. Yeah. And it's a palate cleanser. Okay. But I can talk days about how this, the original, you know, uh, uh, the original cow, you know, yeah. uh, cucumber. Uh, I'm a 10 year old boy sitting in the summer right by my grandma and this is what she would feed me. Yeah. Wow. You know, but but again, it's you build upon it. Yeah. You know, you take it and you said, we're going to make this so delicious. Mm-hmm. Not for the sake of like, oh, I'm going to make a great name for myself. But we're going to make this so delicious that we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I get to talk about that I'm so proud of is. Um, th- this year, our, our restaurant got nominated for the James Beard, you know, and, and no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, th- thank you. And and in the in the Hmong world, like not a lot of people knows what that means, yes. but like in the in you know in the food world, it, it's pretty big. It's like mm-hmm. the Oscars, right? Yes. And you know, this weekend we're gonna go, and you know, like it's really an honor to be a finalist. Yes. So we're gonna go to Chicago and do all this thing. And the thing that I hold tight to me when I go. And, and I'm excited and it makes me really teary is when I talked to my sister, Mai, about it, when we were first said, hey, you, you, you like Hmong food, it's nominated, you know, the restaurant's nominated, you're nominated. And, and I, I said to Mai, I said, Mai, isn't it incredible that when we were kids growing up, we used to think that this food we were embarrassed about. And this is the <laughs> food that my mo- that mom and dad would always say, oh, but no, so don't worry about it. It's, it's just whatever. But now n- food writers in America, this is national food writers are yeah. saying this is one of the most interesting food mm-hmm. that we want to talk about. Yeah. And we want to give a category and says that this is some of the best food in America. Yes. So like going from that and imagining telling that to my grandma mm-hmm. or, you know, or my grandpa who 
who you know died in the war that didn't make it telling that to all the uncles who passed away in the war mm-hmm. telling that to all the people who never got a chance to step foot in america who mm-hmm. sacrificed everything to america and said one day the food that you guys are making in the hills of laos where you felt like nobody knew who you guys were the food that you guys will be making mm-hmm. will be talked about nationally and globally, globally. as mm-hmm. some of the best food in in you know in the country in the world mm-hmm. and you know, and, and I'm not trying to toot our own horns, but being even, you know, like, you know, later this next week, our, uh, we were able to be on uh, the show Iron Chef with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, being able to go on there and making monk food on mm-hmm. a global level and then mm-hmm. talking about, like, you know, when we got the secret ingredient and then we, I'm like, okay, I, I got an idea. We're going to use, like, the base is monk food, but mm-hmm. we're going to use the secret ingredient in it. Mm-hmm. And then being able to say, yep, that dish, mom makes. That's her mm-hmm. mom, her dish. And to mm-hmm. put it on a national global level like I, I told my i'm like my isn't it crazy that we get to talk about that's that? awesome you know and, and, and <laughs> so awesome. so so it's like i'm yeah. not ashamed anymore no. we we don't have to be ashamed yeah. we don't have to be embarrassed mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. because we can boldly say i can open my you know chicken and sticky rice in the middle of the airport eat it with yeah. <laughs> you know and down a down it down with the dr pepper and being like this is cool like yeah. it's okay that's monglish right yeah, there. yeah it's monglish right there you know, i fish up with the dr pepper or coke or whatever yeah. and then dr pepper and coke you're uh, listening and uh, we love that you're sponsors uh, but anyways like that to me is like the great lengths and the sacrifices yeah. yes that are that's from our past that the food when we eat we look to our past mm-hmm. we know who we are in our present and it gives us trajectory to the future mm-hmm. and so that's that's the future mm-hmm. i want to see with the food the monk food that we all do and I me mean, i i am just excited because i've learned so much mm-hmm. like i look at your videos as mm-hmm. historical archives yeah okay. like n- no i'm yeah. so serious it's mm-hmm. something where i'm like i want to take young monk cooks and say go watch this like your assignment is to watch three of these and then explain to me what you saw and then break it down and say hey how do we cook with that because there's so much soul aspect Mm -hmm. into what you're doing Mm -hmm. and i think i believe that's monk food right there there's a soul aspect to it yeah i think that's what is so wonderful about listening to you both talk to each other and to our listeners is yeah you are um sort of like they say the modern take but also Mm -hmm. a Hmong restaurant that's thriving and then we have me who is holding her own space on youtube and preserving more traditional recipes and i think both those can coexist and they need to coexist Mm -hmm. really for us to really understand where we're going with Mm -hmm. Hmong food yes and it's just like Hmong culture like yes you know the elders and the youngs we need to be able to live in the same space yes and, and, and have a conversation with each other yeah. and, and, and learn from each other. Yes. I love it. I have a question to both of you. Oh, that this okay. question, Chef Year, that I have asked many, many of my mm. friends on air for many mm-hmm. years. And uh, you are a chef, our monk chef, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm so proud of. So I want to ask mm-hmm. you this question. Today we talk about authentic monk food. Mm-hmm. We talk about modern monk food. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, if you if somebody asks you about what would you consider a Hmong national dish? What dish would that be? Yeah. Yeah. I, For example, like in the Lao food, mm-hmm. the Lao cuisine, Tai Lap, na? Yeah. Tai yeah. Lap, it's the, because I, I done my research, my yeah, study, Tai yeah. Lap, it's considered the uh, Lao national dish mm-hmm. in their cuisine. Mm-hmm. So, what about in our Hmong food? Mm-hmm. Or, or what do you think I, our national dish is? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of stuck between two right away. Yeah. It comes right in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I will have to say is uh, the, the poached chicken. Mm-hmm. I would say the it, same. It, the poached yeah. chicken. Okay. It, ha- 
Hands down. Right. There's just something about it. Yeah. You know, it, every kid has had it. And, and what I love about it is this. Yeah. It, it's not just food. It's medicine. Yeah. Because really think about, you know, how you're saying, like, you know, after, you know, a mom goes through mm-hmm. labor and it's that 30 day after, uh, um, you know, um, you know, after after she has her baby and, yes. and then she eat, and that's what she eats for 30 days. Yes. It is it is the nutrition from there, all the great stuff from mm-hmm. there that, you know, recovers her body. Mm-hmm. But then her body and, and I'm being very honest, it's like then her body, you know, for example, like even like breastfeeding their kids. Yes. Like then, then it, it goes in and it helps all those nutrition to, 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 to you know to feed your child. Like yes. before we can even eat as Hmong kids, we have in a way partake in that dish, right? Like they, like let's just think about that. Like yes. you know, and it's so incredible to think about that. Like before we even could eat solid food, we we partake from our mother who has that was what used to heal her body. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And it, it's so part of who we are. Yeah, doing that 30 days yep. because she breastfeed you. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, yes. And and that's why for me, I yes. think that the that's got to be. But the great thing about that dish too is it's such a complete dish. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly complete dish. Yes. How you know? about you, Jia? Thank you, Chef Jia. Yeah. How about you? I would say the same. The okay. poached chicken mm-hmm. um, or I would say even like the poached chicken or boiled chicken and... Um, Jiao, like, you yep. know, just greens um, with it. I think that's probably our national dish, but that is my opinion. And okay. other people may feel I, differently. I don't, I think that if we asked yeah. 100 Hmong people, yeah. I would guarantee say that. that 80 to <laughs> yeah. 90 of them would say that. Yeah. That yeah. Chicken. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's so, I mean, when you think about something that's just like so innately Hmong, mm-hmm. that comes to mind. Yep. What about you, me? Um, I think I am torn between two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the post chicken and secondly, uh, yeah, that's yes. the other one. That's my other one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The 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 pork soup with mung mustard green. Yep. So that is also another dish that I think we can define who we are being a monk mm-hmm. person because every household has that dish. Anybody knows how to make that dish. Most occasions at home, mm-hmm. whether big occasions, small occasions, has that dish. Mm-hmm. And so I think either or, either poached chicken mm-hmm. or that uh, pork soup with mm-hmm. monk mustard mm-hmm. green, yeah. either one of those will yeah. be fine. Yeah. And, and it's not a dish mm-hmm. that's complex, no. right? And Anyone it's a, can do it. it. It's literally a dish where if you mm-hmm. have some kind of fire or heat and yes. you put a pot on top, that's all you need. Yes. And that's what I love about it. It's, yes. sim- it's simple. There's simplicity, but the flavors are so, so complex. Good. Yes. Yep. And all we need is just salt. Right? Yep. Right. No other spices, yep. just salt. So mm-hmm. let's make it our national yes. dish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a question that I've been yearning, wanting mm-hmm. to ask you, Shen, yeah, yeah, here today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I have mm-hmm. asked many, many people on mm-hmm. here for many years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, me, I'm so happy that you have come to join us. Tell everyone how they can find your YouTube channel. Yes. You know, thank you very much to both of you. It's great being here on your podcast today. And any one of you who are looking for ideas how to cook Hmong food, authentic way of modern Hmong food, please visit me at Me Living Channel on YouTube. So thank you, you both. Wonderful. And I think that you've gotten two kids now who are going to start coming yeah. over and having some of your, your yeah, food. So I, I hope I hope that's okay. Someday, some, someday I'll have you over. Oh, so yeah. can, can I say a few words about my canvas? Yeah. yeah. So Chef Yia, yeah, I, yeah. I was sharing with Gia that because I am so traditional mm-hmm. and I, I, um, I've been looking for a canvas that contain Hmong food mm-hmm. to hang 
uh, on the wall in my dining room. Mm-hmm. I haven't found any. And so I've decided to cook my own food. Mm-hmm. So um, I am going to make some of the authentic Hmong food that we mm-hmm. talk about it today. Mm-hmm. And then I have a photographer come over yeah. to take a photo on my table. Mm-hmm. And I will be using that photo to make a canvas print oh, to hang cool. on my dining room. And and I think that will well define who I am, it's the Hmong food. That's awesome. And and that my my kitchen, my dining room, my home, it's welcome, it's yeah. friendly, it's family gathering, all of that. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. I love that because so, that's so I plan to do that this weekend. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's also, you know, what you you guys are all about with you, Hmong mm-hmm. Kitchen is like mm-hmm. this is for everyone. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Me, thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. I've learned so much. Yes, so thank, thank you. you. You both. It's great being here. <laughs> Monglish is a collaboration between Hill Tribe LLC and Gleam Tower Media. If you liked today's episode, please let us know by giving us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, subscribe to the show so that you can catch future episodes. Feel free to follow along on Instagram or Facebook as well, at MonglishPod. Oh, and by the way, our co-hosts are super cool. You should definitely follow them. I'll include links to their social media pages in the description as well. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.